Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we'll rush into God's Word quickly this morning. Uh, I want you to you know, get off every distraction, anything that might stop you from you know, having a wonderful um, strong um, experience this morning I want you to take out of if you have to shut down your whatsapp chat so that chats are not coming in while you're watching this you may have to do that because I want you to have full attention this morning yeah we want can you hear me or do I need to speak louder <clears throat> can you hear me if you can hear me say yes if um, uh, we, we were to study on how to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit and follow him this morning which is very key extremely key for us as people, as believers, um, if you, if you if you are a soldier and you are at war, you don't want to, you don't want to get disconnected from the headquarters. There's always a radio, something that keeps telling you the enemy is on that level. This is what to do. If you are cut off from your from your team members, you're cut off from your co-soldiers, you're cut off from from the headquarters, and you don't, you don't even know where the enemy is. So it's so important to stay connected and to know what God is saying at this time. Um, as of yesterday, I was still really believing and praying almost triumphantly. I was in my room. You know, believing God that God will lead because this this title actually can lead in different ways. I could go in various ways. I preached on how to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit last year, and I preached part one, part two, part three last year. The message, the links are there. I preached three parts on the topic last year. So if I'm going to choke everything in this year in one title, there's so many directions I would want to take, but. I, I wasn't sure what direction God wanted me to take. I, and I prayed, I kept praying. I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, I don't know what direction to take. I'm pondering my heart. But about five o'clock this morning, the Lord began to speak to me. You know, and he began to speak to me so clearly. And I, and I wrote it down. It says, emphasize. Please follow this. It says, emphasize on how much I want to lead them. I could talk about that, the fact that you have the gift of prophecy, you have the gifts of the Spirit. I could talk about that. But God says, emphasize. <clears throat> On how much I want to live them. I am interested in every little detail of their lives. This is God speaking to me. They don't have to carry the burden of lives or certainties alone. That's what God said. I know the end from the beginning. And I can take them through the path where they will be safe and secure in me. I know the way. That's what God said. I know the way. If they allow me to lead them. They will face an uncertain future with confidence. If they allow me to lead them, they will face an uncertain future with confidence. They will be able to face an uncertain future. You see, God knows that this circumstance for us is uncertain. But He says, You will be able to face it with confidence. He says, These indeed are uncertain times, but I know the way. He said it again. He says, I know the way. I know the way. This is so relieving. You know, I was almost crying when, when he just, this is so relieving for me. Why do you grow up alone in darkness? Hitting your feet and your leg against every stone. And falling over mistakes when I could hold your hands and guide you through the safe path. If you follow my lead, says the Lord, you won't fall into temptation. If you follow my lead, 
you would follow them. I'm going to type this out you know, properly and send on our page so you all can have it. Emphasize on how much I want to lead them. He says, I want to lead you. So my focus this morning, even though I'll talk about how God leads us to, I'll first emphasize on the fact that he wants to lead us. In John chapter 10, quickly. John chapter 10. Viola, are you there? It's your Bible. John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10. Wait, let me tell you the verse. Okay, continue. The team's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Yeah. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Yes. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. You see, God introduces himself. I am the good shepherd. I am. I'm the good shepherd. Yes, continue. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Yes. The iron hand will run when he sees a wolf. What verse are you reading? Verse 12. No, no, no. Let's go back. Go back to verse 3. I, didn't, I, I said I wanted to read from verse 1, but let's, let's read verse 3. Verse 3. Yes. The gatekeeper opens the gate for me. Now, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. Yes? And the sheep hear his voice. And the sheep hear his voice and do what? And they come to him. Now, oh, go to King James. King James. King James. To him the potter opens the door, yes? And the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. And he collects his own sheep by And name. he calls them by name. And he them out. So are you, are, are, you, are you not enthralled that God knows your name? He knows your name. God is so concerned about you that the Bible says even the very strand of your ear is numbered. Not one of them can fall without his knowledge. Not one strand of your hair. Sometimes you guys are combing and combing and you, you have strands of your hair, strands of your hair stuck on your comb, but you don't even care. You don't care to, to count them. <laughs> you know, I'm not interested in the number of my hair. <laughs> if someone says, Bro, Philip, I can help you count the strand of your hair and tell you, I say, don't need, don't bother. I'm not interested. Now, I'm not even interested in the number of the strands of my hair, but God is. He's so interested in me, so much is detailed concerned whether a strand of my hair has fallen away or not. This is a testimony for those of you that have loss of hair growth and your hair is falling away. You can say, Lord, I claim my original number. I know my number is in heaven. <laughs> this was the number allotted to me. I can't be bowed. Amen. That's if you don't want to be bowed. If you want to be bowed, it's okay. Some people think they are fine about And they are doing male weeks now. Either in male weeks now. So, <laughs> Praise the Lord. Continue, Bella. And he leads them out. He leads them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, yes, he goes before them. The Bible says he goes before his sheep. He leads them out. He calls them sheep. He leads them out. They know his voice. They hear his voice. They know him when they speak. Continue. And the sheep follow him. The sheep follow him. For they know his voice. For they know his voice. So today our emphasis is on how God wants to lead us. And now we can recognize his voice when he speaks. How? If he leads us and he speaks to us. You see, he kept saying that he leads and he speaks. He leads and he speaks. And I'm going to come there later. The difference between him leading and then when he speaks. Because he may lead without speaking. He may lead without speaking. Hallelujah. In Proverbs chapter 3, quickly. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Hallelujah. Hey, Proverbs 3 verse 5. Are you there, Bola? 
King James. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, yes? And lean not unto thy own understanding. Now, the Bible says you shouldn't lean on your understanding. The Bible agrees that you have understanding. But it says your understanding is undependable. If I ask you chemistry questions and you studied chemistry, you can lean on your understanding. If I ask you biology questions and you study biology, you can lean on your understanding. But the sad news is that nobody can study life. Life is uncertain. You cannot understand what's coming. That is why you cannot lean on your understanding. Continue, Biola. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Now the Bible says, if you acknowledge him, he will direct your path. What does it mean to acknowledge him? Is to involve him. Is to bring him in. In all your ways. Not the big ways. Not the complex ways. Not the hard ways. In every way. Remember what God said to us early this morning? He said, I'm interested in every little detail of their lives. I'm interested. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. And then he will direct your paths. If you acknowledge him. If you let him know that God, I can't do this by myself. I don't know the way. Lead me. The Bible says, he will direct your path. For there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is death. Nobody will see death and go into it. The reason why people go to ways that end up in death is that in the beginning of the way, it didn't look like death. Nobody will travel to places where they got destroyed. Nobody will follow friends to places where they, you know, where, where they were raided or things happened and terrible things happened if they knew that those things would happen. The reason is that they did not know. Everything seemed okay. Everything seemed nice from the beginning. But the Bible says the end of that way is death. There's a way that seems right. That's why you cannot lean on your understanding. Because you don't know anything. There's a way that seems right. But the end of that way is death. Your head may tell you that's the way, but your heart too is bleeding. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. Trust Him. He knows what He's doing. When you trust Him, He will guide you. The Bible says He will direct your paths. He will direct your paths. Psalm 20 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Help me. What does it say next? For He. Hey, you guys don't know Psalm 23. Hmm? He leads me besides still waters. He leads me besides still waters. Then he does what? He restores my soul. Then he does what again? He leads me again in paths of righteousness. He's my shepherd. That's how he starts. If I don't acknowledge him as my shepherd, he can lead me. He starts with acknowledging him. He says, I'm interested. I'm interested. I want to know how you want to do it. Don't do it by yourself. Why should you face the uncertainty of life all by yourself? Why should you face the pain, the darkness, the unsureness of life all by yourself when you have a shepherd who's willing? Who's willing? You don't have to use your brain and crack your brain over issues that you have absolutely no understanding about. I'm willing, says the Lord. I'm willing. I'm willing to lead you. I'm willing to take you by the hands and lead you. And when he leads you, you can be sure that your path will end up in righteousness. You can be sure that your path will not end up in stormy seas, but by still waters. You can be sure. You can be sure. I know that if I allow God to lead me, he will lead me to prosperity. He will lead me to peace. He will lead me to righteousness. He will lead me to love. He will lead me. I know how he will lead me because he's the shepherd. He's the shepherd. He will not lead me to places where I could be slaughtered anyhow. 
It will not lead me to places where disaster and drastic things can happen. It will lead me to places where I can grow. If I allow him to lead me, I would grow. Even if anything happens around me that doesn't look seemingly beneficial, I know that he knows what he's doing. And those things will work out together ultimately for my good because he's a good shepherd. He will lead me. Psalm 23 says he will lead me. Isaiah 48 verse 17. King James, Isaiah 48 verse 17. Pastor, please open Psalm 32 verse 8. So we come there. Put your fingers there. Isaiah 48 verse 17. What does it say, Biola? Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer. The Holy One of Israel. The Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord God. I am the Lord God. Which teacheth thee to profit. Which leadeth thee by the way that And then he leads you in the way that you should go. He says, I'm the Lord. The Holy One of Israel. I love the way God, I love the way God introduces himself. I am your shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my redeemer. He says, I'm the Lord that teacheth thee to make profit. And then leads you. I teach you to make profit. That means if you obey his teachings, you can never make losses. You can never make losses. The Bible says there shall be no loss. Maybe you might lose some weight, but you, there shall be no loss. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Do you smile? There shall be no losses. There shall be no losses. He says, I will teach you to profit. The way that you should go. You see, there's a way that you want to go. But the way that you want to go may not be the way that you should go. He says, I will lead you in the way that you should go. And I will make you profit. I will teach you to profit. Help me with Psalm 32. Pass it for me. 32 verse 8. Are you there? Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct thee. I will instruct you. And teach thee. And teach you. In the way. In the way. Which thou shalt go. When we, that, shalt means you should go. That's, that's normal English. That shout go, yes. I will guide you with my eye. I will guide you with my eye. You know, I said that before. I said, I will teach you. I will instruct you. You see that? I will instruct you and I will teach you. I will teach you. And I, there's something between teaching and instruction. Teaching. It teaches you to understand. It instructs you to live. The Bible says, in that instruction is life. You don't have to understand that instruction. You have to understand the teaching. If God teaches you, this is why God teaches you to understand is that you can teach someone else. The Bible says, I said, go to the end of the world and make disciples of all men. Teaching them, you see, because you cannot teach what you don't understand. So he teaches you to understand. But his instruction may not be understood. If he says, go to the brook at Cherith, that's an instruction. That's not a teaching. You don't have to understand. Sometimes your biological, your economic, your financial knowledge may contradict this instruction. But because it's not working in the realm of your own mental understanding, it's above it. I would instruct you. You don't have to understand. If you're a pilot and you're flying the plane and your instructor says, push that button. You say, no. I have to understand it first. You may go down. If God says, stop. You know, a friend of mine was saying that I said, sometimes if you're going through a pit, you don't have time to, you don't have time to explain. If I see you almost stepping on a cobra, I say, stop. You say, what? You, say, you, have, not, you have not explained why you are saying, you know, disaster may happen. Sometimes you don't have to wait for explanation. Stop! A, a millisecond of disobedience may lead to disaster. You don't have to understand. He says, I will teach you. And I will instruct you. I will guide you with my eye, with my eye. And I say African women, African mothers can do that very well. Can do that very well. When we're growing up, our parents can do that. They don't need to talk. Just look at you. You understand? If you wait for them to talk, it may be with slap. And action will speak louder. 
<laughs> I will guide you with my heart. That's the kind of intimacy, the kind of closeness that the Holy Ghost wants to have with you. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah chapter 48. We keep reading. Okay, I can't finish this today. Definitely. Isaiah chapter 47. 48, I beg you. 48 verse 18. 18 yeah. Oh, that thou hast hearkened to my commandments. Oh, that thou hast hearkened to my commandments. Then, and thy peace been as a river. Your peace shall be like a river. And thy righteousness as the waves. And of your righteousness like the waves of the continue. Thy seed also hath been as the sand. Your seed shall be like the sand. And the offspring of thy bowels like the ground. He said, only if you have heeded my commandments. You can see the desperation. You can see the willingness. It's the only if you, you are going through a lot of troubles because you would not heed to my commandments. Because you would not listen to me. Your pain is not from me. Your, your, your troubles, your storms, the things you are going through right now, you know, you are, you are putting yourself in so much emotional, so much, you know, physical torment because you wouldn't listen. There are people who are into, they are in marriages now that God said clearly, don't marry that guy. Don't marry that guy. They went on. They said, I'm already 30 years old. My mates are married. I'm already 32. My mates are my God says, Don't worry. I have something coming. I have something coming for you. They said, No, we have to go ahead. We can't wait anymore. God will meet us on the way. Now they are wishing they never got married. Some have been killed by their spouses, and they knew that God said, Don't marry that fellow. But male and female, because females are killing men now. Oh, if you have heeded my instructions. Only if you are here, they say that your peace would have been like a river. Your life would have been different. You'd have gotten pregnant. Only if you have heeded it. Your life would have been different. Your path would have been full, plenty, and pleasantness. Your path, they say your seeds have been many. Only if you have heeded my instruction. We see him saying consistently, only if you have heeded. Only if you have heeded. Only if you have heeded. John chapter 16, verse 13. God is willing to lead us. And Jesus, when he was talking about, you know, he, he, he started to talk about the Holy Ghost. He, he said something clearly. I'll, I'll read it for me at John 16 verse 13. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me. For he would take of what is mine and declare it unto you. He would guide you into all truth. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. When he comes, he will guide you. He will guide you. The Holy Ghost will be your guide. You know when you travel, if you travel and you go for, if you're a tourist, people who travel for tourist purposes, um, to Dubai, to Mauritius, you know, there are people they call tour guides. Tour guides. The, the job of those tour guides are to take you around those places. They've been there severally. You've never been there, but they, they take you around and they show you some very key, you know, historical um, events or instances and they show you all those things. They, they guide you around. Sometimes those boys wear only short niggas. Some of them are not even as literate as you are, but they have been there. <laughs> it's not by knowledge, it's not by age, it's by no. <laughs> if you don't know it, you don't know it. You may be 100 years old. If you have never learned how to drive, you cannot drive. Even though you are 150 years old, you can't see at my age. How can you see I cannot drive? Give me that key. You may, that may be the last drive. Since you're already 150, just join the ancestors. Drive like that. Because it doesn't come by age. 
knowledge comes by learning not by age so we have tour guides the holy ghost is our guide in joshua chapter 3 verse 1 king james Bula. joshua chapter 3 verse 1 the holy ghost is our guide we've not been there before we've not seen this place before and that's what joshua chapter 3 just read verse 2 Verse two. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. Yes. That the officers went through the host. Yes. And they and they commanded the people saying. Yes. When you see the ark of covenant of the Lord your God. When you see the ark of covenant of the Lord your God. Yes. And the priest and the Levites bearing it. And you see the priest. You see, in those days in the Old Testament, the ark of covenant was what is what we have the Holy Ghost inside us now. It's like it's like it's, it's an expression of God's presence in God's presence. Since when you see the ark, when you see the Holy Ghost moving, when you see Him moving, it says you follow Him. Is that what it says? Says you follow when you see, you follow when you see, you follow. That's you have to be sensitive enough to see when you see, you follow. Yes, then you shall remove from your place. You shall you shall leave where you are. That's and what it says. When you, say you shall remove where you are and go after what you've seen. Yes, yes, there shall be a space between you and it. You shall stay far in those days, they don't come close. You stay far from about, the about about 2,000 cubits by measure. All right. Come not near unto it. Come near, not near unto yes. That he may know the way by which he must go. Now he says, so that why are you coming? Why are you following it? When you see that ark, you will know the way that you should go. When you see that ark, you don't know where you should go. But the moment you see the ark, you follow it so that you will know the way that you should go. Why? For you have not passed this way. Yet. Because you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this marriage marriage way before. You have not passed this ministry way before. You have not passed this business way before. But the Holy Ghost can go before you. John chapter 10 says he would call out the sheep and he would go before. And they would do what? Follow him. Can you see? You have not passed this way before. It is pride. So you see, I used to say prayerlessness is a, is a sign of pride. You think you know it. You think you have it all put together and you are falling into all kinds of errors because you just wouldn't ask. You just wouldn't ask. Uncertainties. The Bible says you have not passed this way before. Now, talking about uncertainties, this is an uncertainty. You have not been here before. You don't know what it takes. You don't know what it entails. You don't know what's there. You know, and people have said, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, you prophet. Nobody prophet about coronavirus. Listen to me. It is normal for you not to have passed this way before. The most important thing for a believer is not to know what's coming, but to know who will know what's coming. That will inform the posture of your heart in time of crisis. You know what's coming. And if you don't know what's coming, you know him who knows what's coming. And this guide is holding your hands. It will lead you through that path. Some people criticize and say, pastors didn't prophesy about coronavirus. It's possible that pastors didn't know about coronavirus. Very possible. Moses didn't know about what happened recently. And if you think that because he didn't know, I mean, this is the same thing you are saying now. Why did you bring your day? Why did you do it? Is it like you're shouting like that? God says, calm down. I'm in charge. I know what's happening. So, because Moses has been to Egypt before, and if we pass through rest, <laughs> so there are many ways it could have passed. But God led them through that path. <laughs> Moses said, What? Jesus? No, there was no Jesus there. God, why did you lead us this way? I'm a prophet. Why did you tell me there's rest here? You know, he could have said all that. But God knows what he's doing. The Bible says it would keep in perfect peace. As I said, verse 3. Those whose heart has stayed on it. The trouble of your heart 
is a revealer. You see, I'm sorry, I might be a little bit brutal, but your fear has exposed you that your heart has not been staying on God. Sorry, bust the bubbles. That anxiety, that panic in your heart is an indication that you have not been staying on God's word. I will lead you. You have not been here before. Yes. It's possible that God says, go. And right before you is a Red Sea. But he knows. He didn't tell you, but he knows. Because he knows what he will do. And he has everything in control. God is not shocked that there's coronavirus. God is not in panic. God is not running elder scatter asking the angels, what can we do? What can we do? We're in trouble. God is not that. He knows the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. So, your panicking is an indication that you have not been dwelling on God's word. Your panicking is an indication that you have not been focusing and meditating upon God's word. Hallelujah. Don't you why are you smiling? this way before when I, when I when we started SLC I've not passed that way before nights after nights I would wake up I would say Lord I've not passed this way before I've not passed this way before please give me a new living translation of Joshua chapter 3 verse 4 the last part that you read I've not passed this way before I've not been here before I don't know how it's done my understanding cannot take me my wisdom cannot take me. Some of you have never passed through bringing up a child before. And you need the wisdom of God. Now, if you've passed through bringing up your firstborn, you have not passed through bringing up your secondborn before. If you pass through bringing up your secondborn, you have not passed through bringing up this thirdborn before because this thirdborn is a specific, unique thirdborn. And there is nobody that has passed through bringing up your children before. They brought up their own children, not your own children. That is why you cannot rely even in the counsel of the strongest parenting consultants. The Holy Ghost knows every child. And if I, if I counsel you based on how I counsel or train up my own child, I will mislead you because your boy or your girl is unique. It came from God. Before I start misbehaving, God knows what he put inside him. He said, come, I know how to teach you. I know what I put inside this guy. <laughs> You've not passed this way before. You've not passed. Now, you may have been married for 10 years, but you have not been married for 20 years. You've not passed through that way before. You've not. You may have married for 20 years, but you've not been married for 50 years. You don't know what it is to be married for 50 years. You've not passed through that way before. You need the hack. You need that hack of covenant, which is the return of the Holy Ghost. Going before you. What does that one say? Last one. Since you have never traveled this way before. Since you have never traveled this way before. They will guide you. They will guide you. Stay about the half mile. Stay yeah. about the half mile, yes. Keeping a clear distance between you and the Yes. Make sure you don't come any closer. Yeah. But my, 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 my deliberate intent was that part. You've never, I would have loved to have a lot of transition, you know, seeing what they say. You've never passed there before. You've not gone through this path before. I've not passed. I mean, I've passed the church for one year old, but I've never passed the church for two years old before. I have two daughters. One is Tinu, the other is Tua. I may have trained up Tinu to when she's seven years old, but I've never trained her up to when she's eight years old before. <laughs> so there's always something you've never passed before you would always need the Holy Ghost so how does he guide us how does he guide us now before I go to how he guides us I will first mention a few things that you must avoid in obeying or following his voice number one you must avoid on insisting 
that God must speak to you in a particular way. Please don't, don't, don't miss out on this. He will speak to us like he wants. You must avoid insisting that God must speak to you in a particular way or a particular model. He will speak to you like he wants to. If you insist on a particular way, then you will miss out on his leading. Now, a lot of us have been spoken to by God, but because our eyes is on visions, our eyes is on something else, because he spoke to us in this way before we think he must do that again, and we keep our eyes there, we miss out on the way he's leading us. God is very creative. He doesn't repeat issues the same time. When we're going to cross the rest, he told Moses, stretch forth your rod. The sea parted. When it was Joshua's time, he said, step into the river. Step into the river. The sea parted. Now, when it was Jesus' time, he walked on the water. Elijah struck the, 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 the river Jordan with his mantle. You, see, you can see the same, the same issue being dealt with in different ways. So if Elijah wants to counsel you, ah, 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 ah. If Elijah is going to counsel you, and I will say, when you get to River Jordan, strike it with your mantle. Now this is the problem with guidance and counseling. There is no human being on earth that has the authority of God to guide another human being. Nobody has been that way before. You may have passed through the Christian Church of God, you've never passed through SLC before. You may have passed on winners. You've never passed on trend. You don't know what's coming. So if Moses was to counsel or mentor Joshua, he would have said, Joshua, you remember what I did? The moment we got to Resi, what did I do? He said, I got a rod. And I stretched it forth. And Joshua did, since Joshua didn't have a rod, you'd have to look and say, give me that tree. Cut off that thing. stick. This was what my master did. This is what I would do. But it doesn't work like that all the time. Sometimes you might need God to tell you specifically how to deal with this issue. Even though you see somebody deal with it in a different way. You must not insist that God speaks to you in a particular way. I've done it before. Because I put my say, this is how God will pass. This is where God will pass. And God may not pass there. That was why the Jews missed Jesus. They thought he would come like a king. You know, with wings. And say, oh, Roman emperor, I have arrived. My people, I'm the king of the Jews. I've come to deliver them. Leave the way for me. They say, say, king comes. Oh, a king comes. Hosanna, Hosanna. A king comes. They were expecting a king. He came and a baby. They rejected him. They refused him. Why did they refuse him? He did not come in the way that they were expecting. It's difficult. So if you keep your eyes on a particular model, and say, this is how God must speak to me, you will miss out on God. Number two, you must avoid circumstantial leadings. The leading of the Holy Ghost that is connected or tied to a a particular eventuality. You must avoid it. That God, if indeed you want me to marry Brother John, let him come to church wearing a white shirt. Let him come to church. If Brother John should come to church wearing a white shirt, then I know he's my husband. Oh Lord, if you want me to invest in that business, then let it rain. If it rains today, then I would know that God wants me to invest in that business. If you put your guidance or your leading of the Holy Ghost on circumstances that happen, because this world is a sensual world and is absolutely manipulatable by Satan, he can make anything happen. He can make anything. He can make Brother George wear a white shirt just to mislead you. He can make the rain fall. I mean, Satan can do that. 
that can make rainfall. If you want to hold the crusade, Satan can make rainfall. If you need rain, Satan can hold back the rain. You know, Satan, because this is, the Bible calls him the God of this world. So if you allow yourself to be led, or allow yourself to decide to be led by happiness around you, you are going to miss it. You must trust God with what? With your heart. That's what it says, not with your eyes. With your heart. Satan would rather make rain fall, and it's easier for him to do that than to speak to your heart. Satan has no access to your heart. He has an access to your body if you allow him. He has an access to your soul if you keep reading terrible and devilish books and watching terrible movies. You will give him entrance into your soul and it would control your thinking. If you relate to people, bad, bad people, bad, bad friends, when they keep speaking things, speaking things, those things will register in your mind and stay there and inform your decisions. That's your soul. You have granted Satan access to your soul. But he has absolutely no access to your spirit. That's why when God speaks to you, he cannot hear. He's shut off. It's an encrypted line of conversation. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's going on. So don't allow yourself to be like number three. Don't insist on seeing visions or hearing a voice. Don't insist on seeing visions or hearing voices. People do that. I did that. Insisted. That God, if you really want to tell me anything, show me. Show me. There are several prophets in the Bible that never saw a vision. Never. Bible says, and what the Lord came upon Ezekiel. What the Lord did. What the Lord came. So there are sometimes that God even shows it us, doesn't show them anything. He speaks to them. But if you insist on voices, you insist on seeing the vision, Satan can manipulate that easily. Satan can make an angel appear to you. Wearing white. Isn't that wearing white? Even you can, you have access, if you have access to white clothes, is this Satan that cannot get white clothes to wear? <laughs> and come and say, yes, I'm the Lord. This and this and this I think I want you to see. What I want you to do. He can do that. It's very, 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 very easy for Satan to do that. If you are insisting that you must see a vision. Now, if you are insisting that you must have special or deep spiritual experiences, you are going to fall into an invasion of demonic attacks. There are people, you know, I, I don't know Satan a lot, but... He's tempted me quite a while, so I can say a bit about him. When you hear something telling you that you are special, this thing that I'm telling you now, I've never told any human being before. You want, you want to run mad? <laughs> when you hear a voice telling you that these deep things that God is showing you, the reason why nobody else around you understands it, only you, that's madness. He said, these are, these are deep mysteries. It's beyond the comprehension of an average believer. You are, you are swimming in deep rivers. Nobody on earth has ever touched this thing before. Nobody on earth understands it. It's a complex revelation only revealed to God for his most special servants, which you are one of. That's madness. Satan is doing like this, trying to call you out. <laughs> Trust me. I've seen it happen. You know, when you're on campus, you see a lot of things happen. We don't have them happening because people are too busy looking for money. On campus, people have time for spiritual exercises. So you see madness easily. There's a friend of mine, very close friend of mine. I love him with all my heart. He's, he's, the, he's the friend that, um, he was the one that introduced me to books. You know, he was the one that I first saw the healing anointing, kind of E again, in his hands. Uh, gifts and, you know, this guy had a huge library. 
he had a huge library and I love it because I always go to I didn't have any book then I used to go to his library to borrow books he borrows me books and all and we talk suddenly I saw that he started changing the, the problem was that he first aligned himself to a group of prayer warriors you must be careful of all these prayer groups I'm telling you he aligned himself to that prayer group so I said what's, what's, what are you guys doing he said oh no that the person that's leading them is an apostle I said apostle of what he says apostle of deep mysteries I said, be careful. He said, no, 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 that's, I don't understand that. The level that they are operating in now, you see, now, I told you, that's how to watch out. This level, there is nothing as, do you know that Jesus was easily understood? Jesus was more understood than Paul. <laughs> Jesus is not difficult. The Bible says, he, he said, oh Lord, I thank you because you have revealed this even to babes. The words of Jesus, even children, my baby, my daughter, can tell you that what is what Jesus says. There is nothing that Jesus is saying that children cannot understand. Anything you are hearing that only you can understand is madness. So they began having met his night meetings. Now, he's a student of campus. This other guy wasn't. Came into campus and they were, you know, picking people. Picking people. Unsuspecting people. And because people have a proclivity towards mysteries, people want to be knowing things that are not obvious. They want to go deep into the river so that they can sink and drown. They began to come to those meetings. And this guy who take things, you know, I have heard, I heard a lot that on a cube of sugar, there are multitudes of angels on a cube of sugar. You know, somebody wants to say something, you know, he's, he's, going, he's going to say rubbish, but he's going, to, he's going to be painting it as though he's about to unravel a very huge mystery. And he has already bamboozled you so much that when he now speaks the jargons, you have to force yourself to think that, wow, wow, deep, deep. Because everybody's saying deep, deep. You don't want them to think that you are the only one that doesn't have spirit of God. So your, 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 your addiction to social um, approval would make you say, wow, wow. Something is telling you that this thing is rubbish. This thing doesn't have meaning. But you don't, everybody say, ha, ah, man of God. Wow, man of God. So you, you join them. That's how that guy went. He dashed out all the books in his library. That was all my problem. I said, ah, why are you dashing? I said, it's way beyond all that one. He dyed his hair to gold. Gold in hair. You know, because when you go to Bible says the kingdoms and seraphims they have golden hair and all that. <laughs> that is there to go. He wore white, um, he started wearing white gown around the campus. Dirty, unkept, dirty gown. Became brown. He doesn't wash it. Maybe because things that he had they already, Bible says, no, but he already washed already by the righteousness of God in Christ. There may, may be no reason to bath again. You know, if, the, if these people explain the Bible to you, you show up. <laughs> But madness is setting it, but you know, they have already told you that these things are beyond human compression. In your head, you think you're a special person. So, no matter what anybody says around you, you don't see, see sense in it. So, I became so concerned and I said, Brother So so and so, you are looking very terrible. Your beards, you know, unkept, your hair. Why are you looking like this? He said, Jesus told him to do that. Jesus appeared to him and instructed him to do that. I said, ah, I don't know everything Jesus may say, but I know what Jesus can never say. Jesus can never tell you.
to do this. He said, Jesus already told me you are going to say that. You know, he has, that's checkmate. That means no matter what I say, Jesus said you are going to say that. He went on like that. His case deteriorated, deteriorated till he left the campus. I don't even know where he is now. Insisting on mysteries, insisting on deep, you know, things that cannot be seen by others. I wrote here the tendency to have deep, special spiritual experiences out of the body experiences. People want to want to leave their body. I don't know what they are looking for. Why are you wanting to leave your body, my friend? I don't want to mention Pastor Femi knows that guy. He said they are in a meeting right now. That in that meeting they elevate. That they, they elevate. That they are dealing with deep things. That even his wife, she was able to make her hand grow longer. I said, what are you doing there? He said, hey, we are dealing with deep things. To what end is the elevation? They are here in Abuja. Around Papi. To what end? If you elevate now, have you saved the world? Have you won a soul? Have you preached the gospel by elevating? Who among the apostles they said Philip disappeared? Did Philip disappear? The Bible says the spirit caught up with him. Philip did pray to disappear. Peter said there was no, it was not a requirement for his spirituality. Nobody said, look, in this place we disappear. They didn't make a religion out of it. They didn't make a doctrine out of those things. Those things didn't matter. Angel appearances, all those things were not the issue. There are people who will never see an angel till they die and they are going to see Jesus when they die. That tendency for unusual experiences is going to lure you to satanic bondage. So he says, yeah, he, he did everything to introduce myself. Me, I don't join those kind of meetings. Useless meetings. You people are gathering to elevate. So everybody's jumping up. You are running mad. You are running mad. Those things never end well. I've been there. I've seen it. They did it on campus. Some fellows went into the bush. They were jumping up. They said they are going to the city of Zion. To the city of Zion. They trek into the bush. They didn't see them for days. 14 days, 15 days. They didn't eat. Someone was leading them. They said, the Lord shall wait for us. At Mount Ure. <laughs> they trekked. The school started looking for them. Their parents said we couldn't find our children. So they sent out um, vigilantes. They found them in the place. They were worn out. Tired, hungry, fucked out. The school has paid them. Say, this is the school. Don't bring them on here. There is nothing. There's nothing you are looking for. There's nothing you are looking for. When I was in part two, I wanted to go pray on the mountain. I climbed that mountain for like two hours. I said, Jesus prayed on the mountain. Moses went on the Mount Sinai. I climbed that mountain for two hours. When I got there, I was too tired. God said, you see, I'm not here. I was already in your room. You could have knelt down by your bedside and I would have heard your voice. If you want to climb mountain for exercise, there is no power in any mountain. There is no power in every prayer ground. The power is in the Holy Ghost and it dwells right inside of you. Stop looking for unusual deep experiences. Ah, that must go. Kai, Kai, I have not touched anything. 
I'm not tossed. Jesus. Okay. Let's let's end. Have <laughs> you to win? All right, I don't, I don't even know how, which one to cut off now. Which one to continue? Actually, yeah. there's none. I'm just, I'm still here. This is my, I'm in the second page. Don't insist on visions. Don't insist on special and deep encounters. I've said that before. Don't do that. So there are four basic ways that God leads us. I'll try and finish in 10 minutes. I'll talk, I'll talk about one of the ways. So at least you can go home with one of the ways. At least one of the ways. There are four basic ways that God leads us. Number one is through his word. Number two is inner witness. Number, number three, inner voice. And number four, audible voice. Number one, through the word. Number two, through the inner witness. Number three, inner voice. And number four, audible voice. Let me see what I, what I can jump quickly. Now the written word of God is the most basic and fundamental way God leads us. The word of God describes how everything will end. And then I will just stop there. That's how God leads us. By his word. Basic. The most fundamental, the most basic way God leads us is by his written word. That's the first. Every other thing submits to this word. Now if you look at John chapter 16, let's go back to John chapter 16. Jesus Christ says clearly in John chapter 16, where we read in verse 13, say we will guide you into all truth. Did you see that? For he will tell you, he will glorify me. That's what the Holy Ghost, that's what John said. And Jesus Christ is the word of God. So the Holy Ghost, we always glorify the word of God. Are you following me? The Holy Ghost, will always glorify God's word. He will always tell you, the Holy Ghost will always bring you back to the written word. Because you can hear anything, you can see anything. One thing that we cannot be mistaken is what is already written. So if I said I heard something, I could be mistaken. If I said I saw something, I could be mistaken. But if we have the word and all of us can look at it together, we all can see that this is written. That is why you cannot or you should not be afraid of whatever that is happening around today. God has not left us in the dark. He has not left us in the dark. He opened everything to us. I was interviewed by a, by a newspaper um, agency, frontline newspaper agency, last two weeks. And they asked me, they said, do you think that COVID-19 is, one of, is a sign of the end of the age? I said, COVID-19 should not be isolated. There are many signs of the end of the age. Jesus spoke about the signs. He spoke about plagues, which COVID-19 is one of, which is a sign of the end of the age. But he spoke about wars too. And spoke of rumors of wars. March chapter 24. Wars. Wars. People have been fighting wars from Ayegbon. 1914 to 1919 was the first world war. 1939 to 1945 was the second world war. Apart from these two major wars, we have had several wars. We have had Gulf War, Cold War, Vietnam War, Israeli-Palestine War. We've had um, uh, Afghanistan War, Iraqi War. We've had all kinds of wars. From 18, there's a war of the 1826. American Civil Rights War. We have our own civil war. Okay. So, wars and rumors of wars, like that, a strong rumor of war between America and China late last year, are all signs. So, we should not isolate COVID 19 as a sign of the end of the age. The signs have been there. But the good thing is that God has never left us in the dark. If you want to know how everything will end, open the back of the book. It's there. The book of Revelations explains how everything will end. Your fear is because you cannot read or you are not reading. If you go there, you see it. That the rapture must happen by force, by necessity first, before the Antichrist can come. The Antichrist cannot do anything until after the church has been raptured. They cannot give, they cannot give Marxists. They can, if they give a vaccine, 
and Jesus has not come, that vaccine is not Marxist physics. Any vaccine they are sharing now. <laughs> read. Read. If you read, your life will be better. <laughs> Anything they are sharing now is not Marxist. Nobody can quietly, secretly give you Marxist without you knowing. Now, they may put the structures around, they may do all that, you know, just to further let us know that the end is near. Are you following me? Now, the Antichrist has only seven years. And the Antichrist would have been alive before Jesus comes. Because if he comes after Jesus, if they were born, he can't have so much power, seven years old. <laughs> so, we know, you know, by logic, that he must have been given back to before Jesus comes. But he cannot operate before Jesus comes. And the Antichrist has been since the days of the Bible, Paul says, and we know that the spirit of Antichrist is operational. We already know that time when they wrote the book of Ephesians, the spirit of Antichrist was already there. So it's not a new thing. And we have had a lot of pandemics, several. Now, this may be unique, this may be a unique sign towards the end of the age, but this is not the end of the world. The only thing that will end the world is the gospel. The Bible says that when everybody has heard the gospel, we are the ones that we decide. The moment we have shared the gospel and everyone has heard it, then Jesus will come. Satan can't even decide. We, the church, will be the one to say now. Because when we have preached the gospel, if Jesus said Matthew 24, Matthew 24, he says, the end is not now. He says you will hear it, but that's not the end. Now, after rapture, there will be the, the, the years of plenty, three and a half years of plenty, three and a half years of tribulation, and then Jesus will come for the millennial reign, 1,000 years, they will capture Satan like this. Throw him in the in the bottomless pit for one thousand years. Then, when he comes, he would have the battle of Armageddon. Armageddon is the battle that they, the, the battle where Jesus takes over the world for the millennial reign. Then he, he captures Satan. Then after he comes, he releases. After one thousand years, we reign with him here on this earth for one thousand years. Then Satan, you know, steers up another war. They call that, that war the war of Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog battle. After that, Gog and Magog battle. You see that the coronavirus is never mentioned. All those things, all those things are there. Then before the judgment. His word. So no matter what anybody says, we bring it down to this world. I don't need an angel to appear to me and say, Son, <laughs> if you know what the Lord is doing through this, I can read it. I don't need an angel to tell me what I can read. Honestly, I don't. So if you stay with the word, that's the book of 1 Thessalonians. Why am I talking fast? 1 Thessalonians 5 21. It says, Prove all things. Prove all things. Every prophecy, every vision. Everything, every encounter, every experience, everything that you have must be brought to the world. It must agree with the world. If anything does not agree with the world, trash it. It's not God. The Spirit of God will always say what He has already written. He will not say something different from what is written. That's why you have to stay with the world. That's why you have to know the world. Every prophecy, every experience, whoosh, everything that happens to you, you must be able to summarize it and bring it in the light of the world. You know, one day I was in the prayer meeting, and I, I'll end it. I was in the prayer meeting, and we're praying and praying and praying, and there was a lady there that I saw in that meeting. And her mom was dead. And as I was praying, I saw her. I saw her mom instantly. I saw her mom in heaven, in the vision. And I saw her mom talking to Jesus. And her mom was talking to Jesus about her. That she wasn't living her life the way she should live it. But I saw that her mom was talking to Jesus. I saw it in the vision. And I said, I see your mom. 
I see your mom right now. And I lay hands on her and she fell down packed like a pack of cards under the power of God. And I began to prophesy. I was under that, I was under that intense anointing because I saw. And I said, this does says the Lord that your mom did not die at the appropriate time. She didn't die at the appropriate time. And so therefore, you have been equipped now to carry on and conclude what she left behind and finish on your own assignment. And I said under the power of the anointing that you are, you are anointed to conclude on what she left behind and finish on your own assignment. And I said that. We prayed and we left. And I got and I was very troubled. I said, Lord, I said that. I said that. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? That was the spur of the moment. You must show me a scripture that proves that it's possible for someone else to complete someone else's abandoned assignment. Now, people were on the floor, people were shouting, you know, and all that. But I didn't allow the spur of that moment to distract me from the fact that this may not be in line with God's word. So I sat down. I said, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. God says, yes, it's in the word. I said, show me. And he gave me two scriptures. I can't remember which one exactly, you know. But I, I remember one because that one was very dramatic. He said, I told Elijah to anoint Elisha as a prophet in his room and give him double anointing to conclude that which Elijah left behind because Elijah left before his time. I said, wow. That's the word. That's the word of God. So you see, even though the prophecy was given the spur of a moment, we could bring it down to the Bible. What does the Bible say? Does the Bible agree? So every encounter, every angelic visitation, every experience, every word, every voice, everything that you have or that you see or that you had must tally with God's written word unless it's a lie. You know, well, I, my, I, my, my father-in-law is a, <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a pastor of the Celestial Church. And, you know, Celestial Church people, they're wonderful friends, are fantastic people there. I, I, my friend, is helping me a lot. He's <laughs> a Celestial member. We all are Celestial. I mean, I am. I don't belong here. I belong to the heavenly world. I'm Celestial. <laughs> I'm Celestial. Appointed and designated to live in the Terrestrial. Just for a temporary start. So I can carry to the Celestial. Where my permanent residence is to be Okay, that's a lie to note. So this woman, she, 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 she was caught up in the spirit. And then she grabbed me. Because I was in church. And she grabbed me. My wife says, ah, you caught the wrong person. <laughs> she grabbed me, you know, and then she pulled me outside. Pulled me outside. Pulled me outside. Pulled me outside to the back of the church. They call it Iliano, the land of mercy. Hallelujah. So when she pulled me there to where God will have mercy on me. And then she began to you know, jerk forward and backward and said, I should, uh, I should go around and buy seven bags of salt and buy, you know, a, a, a big walk, a seven walk clock and go to Olujo, you know, go to seven churches and parishes and, you know, and, and put the salt, I should make sure I put the salt on my head and cut it. I said, shut up! She was, she was, she was surprised. I'm sure in all her prophetic years, she's never seen anyone, shut up! Stop that! I said, all that you said, you showed me in the Bible. Show me now in the Bible. She said, Bible, I said yes. He said, the people that gave her a word did not give her Bible. I said, go back to them. Tell them I'm insisting that they show you a Bible. Because if you don't get a Bible, not only will you not prophesy to me, you will not prophesy in this place again. So I sat down outside. So she didn't know. She had gone to take someone else. I think it was like she went to take. So she, 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 she didn't know we came together. <laughs> so she went again, grabbed Bella. But I was outside. The moment I saw them, I went there. Jack told Bella and said, Stop that! Where's your Bible? The <laughs> woman didn't even look back, she just ran off. <laughs> One man says, I said, What? Go and get the Bible. 
The Bible. That's the ultimate. That's right. It's the written word of God. If you can't find a scripture, shut up your mouth. Shut up your mouth. Find the Bible. Now, if you look at John chapter 16, and I'm going to hand this. I've said that like five times now. <laughs> it says it will guide you into all truth. Into all truth. Because it's supposed for Satan to be trickish. He may want to isolate a word from the Bible to mislead you. If he knows that you are a stickler for the word, you are always saying word, 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 word. He will go and search out the scripture. And his intention is to be able to deceive you with that scripture. But he would isolate only a scripture. But the difference is that the Holy Ghost will guide you into all truth. The Holy Ghost will be able to give you a word that is all encompassing. And you can connect that scripture and connect the scripture and connect that scripture and get to a you know, conclusive end to what God's will for you is. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's balance and just begin worship. Father, we thank you. We exalt your name, your word. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.